There is life after infidelity. Understanding the nature of sin, God is light, and light always makes manifest that which is hidden or disguised. In short, God tells us the truth about our sin. Why? So it can be dealt with and it can be forgiven. Then it's up to us to acknowledge it or own up to it. It's up to us. The Holy Spirit, working with the Word of God, points a finger at every case of infidelity and says, that's sin. It's not an affair. It's not sleeping around. It's sin. Call it what it is and deal with it. Finding and giving forgiveness, the confession, Psalm 51, verse 4, against thee have I sinned. All sin is ultimately against God. Man's failure to understand this leads to situational ethics or justification of sin on the basis of what is culturally acceptable. In this culture today, it is culturally acceptable for people to sleep around. Watch any TV program. Watch any movie. Nobody gets up and walks out when unmarried people are seen in bed. Nobody gets up and walks out when Joe Handsome takes uh, Sister Susie from Brother Bill. It's culturally acceptable in this society today. And folks, we, we've got to go by the Word of God and not by the cultural norms that are prevalent in our world. If we don't, we're going to reap horrible, horrible harvest. Finding and giving forgiveness, we have to deal with our sin, then we have, we have to have an honest confession of sin that will exalt God his rightful place, put man in submission to God's Word, and then we have to confess because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me say this to the offender and to those of you who will minister to the offender, whether they be related to you, whether they be a family member or a neighbor or a church member, let me say this to you. What God has dealt with on the cross, you best leave alone. It's hard enough for the person who's committed the offense to just get up enough guts to go back to church. The last thing they need is a bunch of self-righteous, judging, condemning, tongue-wagging folks at church. Amen? Amen? What they need from that church is restoration. Yes. That's what they're looking for. They're not finding it anyplace else. And if they can't find it in church, pray tell where. So then to the person that is the offender, I say to you, remember, and you've got to remember this, and every day you've got to remember this, and every day you've got to remind yourself of this, and that person who's been offended has got to remind themselves of this, that God is faithful and just. He has dealt with that sin on the cross. His son paid the penalty for it. That's the end of it. If you don't forgive it, you're setting yourself above God. Don't bring somebody's sin up to me that's been dealt with. I won't hear it. Now, if it's a person that needs to have accountability because they've been given responsibility, that's a different story. Let those who are their leaders hold them accountable and provide the process of restoration. You stay out of it. But you and I have got to be quick to forgive. And the person who is the offender has got to do what the Word says and claim it. It was dealt with at Calvary. It is finished. I will not go back there and pick it up. I will not go back there, and I refuse to let anybody else. I had a person come to me one time. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And tell me something on another believer in an attempt to use extortion against that believer. I, I just I shook my head. And they said, if you don't do this, I said, well, you do what you've got to do. They crossed the line, church. They put themselves in the position above the cross. It's a dangerous place. 
You see, God vented his wrath and his anger on that cross for my sin and your sin. When I climb up above that cross and I begin to try to extort favors or, or extort something out of somebody because of a past sin that has been forgiven. I have got myself between God the Father and His Son Jesus and there ain't nobody in between there, folks. There ain't nobody in between there. And when I get myself in between there, God vents His wrath on Jesus. If I stand between Him and Jesus, guess where the wrath of God's going to go? On me. Uh-uh. Both the offender and the victim have got to realize that. You have got to get out from between God the Father and Jesus on the cross because as long as you are carrying that sin or that unforgiveness or whatever with you, you are there, and when you are there, you are not in a place of blessing. You're in a place of cursing, and you're in serious trouble. Now, this is kind of legal, isn't it? This is the legal law of the Word of God because of the sacrifice. It takes this kind of reasoning to get beyond infidelity. Trust me. It takes this kind of reasoning because whenever you are working with someone and they have, have encountered this sin, the emotions, the guilt, and everything is just overwhelming. And you've got to bring them up real straight and say, all right, shut up and listen because they'll keep beating themselves up or they'll keep on not forgiving. If this offends you because you were the, quote, innocent party, the victim, just stay with me, okay? If, if, if you take this as offense, you shouldn't. But in my experience in counseling these years, the person that's been offended many times won't forgive the other person because they want to exact a pound of flesh for a pound of flesh. 